It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Germany's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor. And today we are looking at Germany's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Yes, and this preamble is going to be the same for every media cast we do for players. So those familiar with it can jump ahead to around four minutes uh, when we begin to talk about the team. And the times for each section are at the top of the show notes. And for YouTube watchers, those include a timestamp. So you can click directly uh, to go to that point. For those looking for a quick version of this, you can skip to near the end of the media cast, the last 10 minutes. Uh, where we summarize the likely starters. Just prior to that, with about 20 minutes remaining, we'll have some discussion on the squad, the main issues with the squad, uh, their club affiliations, some stats, and an overview of new, injured, and outgoing players. We will also be editing this media cast into a shorter version uh, for those who are just looking for an overview. Right, and for those looking for a deeper dive, you've come to the right place. Uh, we go through the players and how likely they are to make it to the final squad. Uh, we explain why we think so and give information on each player's history and standing with the squad. And the way we do this is first by organizing players into their designated position. So it should be noted that these are a bit artificial since players don't always play in their coded positions, but it's a good way to organize the discussion. Then we go through the players and share some of the data we've collected in our files. And using that data, try to predict how likely the player is to make the team based mostly on their recent participation. We categorize them into definite, likely, possible, possible but unlikely, and seems to be off the squad. We also mentioned big players who have recently retired and make note of any who are currently injured. We finish by a quick run through of the squad again and try to determine which players will be starters. Right, and for those following on YouTube, we, we run a very simple graphic where we list the names and you can actually see the uh, players' names in print there. And it's the same broadcast for the audio cast, so we're going to try to repeat the names a few times to help listeners become familiar with the players' names so that you know who is stepping onto the field when a substitute comes in, for example. You can impress your friends by telling them what you've learned here. Well, that's as much as we can do at this point, um, but as the rosters are being published, we will do an update episode on teams and players. Uh, for the players, that will essentially uh, be going over our predictions, updating them based on the games played to that point, and revealing which players were selected. So keep your eye out for those, probably in mid-November. All right, now let's get on with uh, talking about Germany. And uh, we did a couple of podcasts on Germany. Uh, one before the Euro 2020 tournament, that was in the summer of 2021, actually. And we did uh, their group uh, podcast for, for the World Cup here. Um, so we're going to talk about a couple of things that came out of those uh, podcasts. How about you, Connor, there? Yeah, so um, there's a couple of themes here which will, um, will be fleshed out after our, our player-by-player analysis. We want to introduce them here. Um, so one is shocking lapses. Shocking um, lapses, how intriguing. Yeah. Um, and then kind of related to that, Germany laps but don't lull. Um, yeah, that was, a, that. that was a, a little phrase I came up with in the writing. Uh, do you like it, Connor? 
I do like it. Um, I think it hits the point. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about what that means later. Exactly. Um, and then finally, we have change of long-term manager. Um, so we'll talk about that shortly. But that's uh, Germany entering kind of a new era for this tournament. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, great. Um, well, we will come back to those after the player-by-player -player section of the podcast. But now we're going to move on to uh, the formations that they've been using uh, in the period we're talking about. And actually, the period we're talking about doesn't include the Euro Cup, but we're going to start with uh, how they lined up in the Euro Cup. Yeah, so in the uh, Euro Cup, Germany had four games and played actually the same formation in all four of those, that being a 3-4-2-1 formation. Right, and uh, actually, uh, that would have been uh, Joachim Love's um, last uh, last time managing the squad, so the World Cup qualification would have been under the new manager. Yeah, and that is uh, reflected in the change of formation. Um, Germany switching to a 4-2-3-1, so four at the back instead of three, um, except for Game 7 where um, they did go back to a 3-4-2-1 that had been used in the Euro Cup. All right. Uh, they played a couple of friendlies after that. Uh, friendlies against um, Israel and Netherlands. Yeah, and we saw both formations here, both the three-four-two-one and the four-two-three-one. Yeah, and we uh, typically expect uh, kind of new players being tried out in in friendlies, or perhaps even uh, towards the end of World Cup qualifying if they've already secured their spot. Uh, which actually might explain the new formation in Game 7. And finally, we have the June games uh, in the Nations League. And uh, there were four games, and they actually used each of the two formations we've mentioned already twice. Um, so 4-2-3-1 and 3-4-2-1. Um, so in summary, you know, based on World Cup qualifying, you'd say the four at the back is the preferred system, but they have kind of... Uh, proven flexible in between these two uh, two primary systems. Yeah, I mean, a big difference really between uh, three at the back and four at the back, but uh, always just the one forward, hey? Yeah, that's right. All right, well, let's uh, move on to talk about the squad then, and we'll begin with the manager. So we're going to uh, just briefly talk about the outgoing manager, uh, Joachim Love. Um, do you want to take that, Connor? Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, Love was the uh, Germany national team manager for 15 years, uh, 2006 to 2021. Um, reached his height, of course, during the World Cup success in 2014, but kind of results in form deserted him a little bit um, towards the end. But really, he um, he must be kind of remembered as a, a good manager. He took Germany to many finals. Germany was was very consistent. Um, again, faded a bit during the end of the reign, um, but he has that World Cup. So um, successful for sure. But uh, a new era now. Um, yeah. With, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I hope I didn't interrupt you there. Yeah, and actually, Germany was the only team he uh, only national team he managed. He he coached a few clubs in Austria and Turkey, uh, and Germany before that. But uh, we won't go into too much detail on him because now the most significant uh, name is uh, Hansi Flick. 
and uh, the fa uh, his um, name is in light grey, suggesting that he uh, hasn't been involved in the tournament yet. Can yeah, this will us? be his yeah. first major tournament. Though he comes um, from Bayern Munich, um, where he helped them win the uh, UEFA Champions League. So big game experience. Um, and yeah, he he played in Germany uh, for several um, for several years from 1982 to 2000, but didn't earn any international caps. Um, but has kind of made his name a bit more um, as a coach recently. Yeah, he was actually the uh, uh, assistant manager from 2006 to 14. So I guess that would be the first half of uh, 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 under Love's reign. Uh, but yeah, then he right. went on, yeah, to uh, to Bayern Munich. Uh, okay, so that is the manager, and uh, we'll come back uh, at the end of the podcast to talk about um, uh, starters uh, with manager. That's a bit unusual, but we don't expect Germany to change their manager uh, prior to the tournament. So let's go through the uh, goalkeepers, and we'll just begin by naming uh, the players and the, the category they're in, and then we'll come back and discuss them in more detail. So we have Manuel Neuer as a definite candidate, uh, Kevin Trapp as a likely candidate, uh, Marc-Andre Terstegen as, uh, sorry, as a possible candidate, and uh, Oliver Bauman as a possible candidate, and Bert Leno as a uh, seemingly off-the-squad candidate. So uh, we'll justify those uh, uh, categorizations by by starting with uh, their recent participation. So Manuel Neuer started nine of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was on the bench for one and injured for one, and uh, not selected for two others. Yeah, he's um, he's 36 years old, so he's getting up there in years, um, but um, he has been Germany's starting keeper for, for several years. Um, he's also the starter for Bayern Munich, where he's been since 2011, uh, after a move from rival Schalke. Yeah, so he's been uh, basically their goalkeeper since the start. Uh, uh, the 2010 World Cup, uh, he was the starter. Uh, he also was captain of the team by the time the um, 2018 World Cup came around. So the starter for three World Cups in a row and for the uh, Euro 2020. So uh, he should be the starter here. Kevin Trapp is a likely candidate. He didn't start any of the 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, but he was subbed in for one and on the bench for 10 of them. So just two matches that he wasn't selected for. Yeah, definitely kind of puts him squarely in the backup category. Um, he currently plays for Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany, um, which won the uh, Europa League last season. Um, where he moved from uh, Paris Saint-Germain. So he was with PSG for four years from 2015 to 19. Um, and he is currently 32 years old. Right. Uh, that was his second spell with Eintracht Frankfurt. And he only has six caps uh, <laughs> since his start in 2017. Are you surprised by that, Connor? A little surprised, especially given, um, you know, the, the affiliation with PSG. However, you know, we know Neuer's been kind of the undisputed starter for so long. I think it's difficult work being a backup keeper in, in Germany or has been over the last decade, really. Yeah. Well, they sent their B team to the 2017 Confederations Cup, but he wasn't uh, even the starter there. Um, the goalkeepers we're talking about below 
uh, started there and he never has really uh, played a, a game in a tournament although he was on the squad for the 2018 and 2022 Euro Cups but uh, Manuel Neuer kept him uh, off the field. All right, Marc-Andre Terstegen, we have as a possible candidate, even though he did start three of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, uh, but he was on the bench only for two and not selected for eight others, including the last four matches. Yeah, and Terstegen, he's currently the starting goalkeeper for Barcelona. Um, he's been with Barcelona since 2014, uh, moving there from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um yeah, 30, 30 caps for him, and he's 30 years old. Yeah, he's been with the team since 2012, but the uh, Euro Cup 2016 was actually his first tournament. Um, he was actually on the preliminary squad for the Euro 2012, but didn't make the final squad. And uh, like um, uh, like Kevin Trapp that we talked about above, he's he's been selected for tournaments uh, but not getting on the field. So um, 2016 Euro Cup and 2018 uh, World Cup, he was the uh, on the bench. However, for Euro 2020, uh, he was uh, having surgery for a knee problem, so missed out on that tournament. Uh, Oliver Bowman, um, getting his name into the mix, he first appeared on the bench actually in September 2020, uh, but then disappeared for 21 months and came back uh, just recently in June 20, 2022. Uh, didn't start any of the remaining four games there, but was on the bench for all four. So kind of replacing Turstegen there. Yeah, he's 32 years old, but has zero caps for Germany, um, despite his recent involvement. So he's not necessarily a, a young keeper trying to make his way in either. Um, and he currently plays for uh, Hoffenheim in Germany. Yeah, I think I'd be a bit surprised to see him get in amongst this uh, stiff competition here. Uh, because even Bernd Leno uh, seems to have dropped off the squad and uh, seems to be a bit of a bigger name than uh, than Bauman. But uh, Bernd Leno started one of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was on the bench for six of those, but then not selected for the last six matches. Yeah, that could have something to do with his um, with his club form. He's he moved to Arsenal in 2018 from Bayer Leverkusen, um, but kind of fell out of favor towards the end of last season, so wasn't playing regularly. He's since moved to Fulham in England, so a smaller club, but he's getting regular game time. So perhaps that might change um, Hansi Flick's mind now that he's playing regularly again. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see uh, the, the the lineups in or the squads in September for their late September games. Uh, as it is, his first uh, cap was in 2016, and he was also selected for the 2016 Euro Cup and um, uh, also for the 2017 Confederations Cup. He actually started and finished game one, but then he lost his starting position with uh, Marc-Andre Terstegen taking over there. And he wasn't selected for the World Cup in 2018, uh, but was on the bench for the 2020 Euro Cup. But as as we saw, kind of dropping off the team uh, now. So those are our candidates. Uh, do you want to just run through them, Connor? Yeah, so in the definite categories, and this is definite to make the squad, not necessarily start, um, we have Manuel Neuer. For likely, we have Kevin Trapp. 
For possible, we have Marc-Andre Terstegen and Oliver Bauman. And then it seems to be off the squad, we have Bern Leno. Right, and actually we usually finish just with a summary of the position. So uh, it was Manuel Neuer all through the Euro Cup. And uh, also in World Cup qualification games, it was Neuer. But Leno uh, came in for one of those games and Ter Stegen started two of them. Uh, it was Ter Stegen and Neuer in friendlies. And then back to Neuer for all four of those uh, June Nations League games. So Neuer has pretty much uh, held down the position um, throughout. All right, well, let's move on to defenders, and we're going to begin with uh, central defenders. So, as Connor said, uh, this uh, definite means definite to make the squad, but not necessarily to be a starter. Uh, we have Nicolas Sula in, uh, as a definite, and uh, Thilo Kerrer as a definite. Uh, Antonio Rudiger, um, a likely candidate, and Nico Schlotterbeck. Uh, also likely. Matthias Ginter, uh, possible. Jonathan Ta, uh, possible. And Matt Hummels, um, seemingly off the squad. And uh, Robin Kosh, uh, seemingly off the squad. And uh, maybe I'll just start, uh, Connor, by asking how many do you think uh, uh, they bring to the Cup Central Defenders? Um, four for sure, possibly five. I think the squads now are a little bit larger. Um, so I would say probably knowing Germany's switch with sometimes four at the back, sometimes three, I'd probably say five, possibly room for a six, but it kind of depends if they can find kind of a versatile player who can kind of play, you know, possibly in the middle, possibly a wide as well. Yeah, I've been saying five or six, but um, I'll actually have to check to uh, uh, to see if I'm right in that. Anyway, let's begin with Nicolas Sula. So he started eight of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was on the bench for one, out with coronavirus for two, and injured for one. So just one match that he wasn't called up for. Yeah, uh, Sula, um, he plays currently for Borussia Dortmund. He's been with the team since 2016 and has 42 caps in that time. Um, and is 27 years old, so... Um, he does seem a pretty well-established member um, of that back line. Yeah, he actually moved uh, recently from Borussia Dortmund, or uh, in 2022 at least, uh, from uh, Bayern Munich. So uh, pretty good pedigree there. In terms of uh, competitions, he was a substitute in the 2017 Confederation Cup. That was kind of a B team. And he managed to make the 2018 World Cup squad uh, appearing as a substitute there. Uh, and in uh, 2020 Euro Cup, uh, also a substitute um, there. So has never really made it into the starting lineup. And despite being definite here, uh, eight, eight games out of 13 uh, doesn't necessarily make him a starter. Uh, we'll take a closer look at that at the at the kind of in summary, though. Uh, let's talk about Thilo Carer. He started 11 of their 13 games uh, since the 2021 Euro Cup and was on the bench for the two others. Uh, but I should point out that uh, he, he also played as a left back several times and, and even as a right back once. Yeah, um, he moved to West Ham um, this summer uh, from PSG. Um, they did start his career in Germany uh, with uh, uh, Schalke. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, and in terms of tournament, uh, just on the team since 2018, but uh, hasn't made a tournament uh, yet. So, um, but judging judging by the amount he's been playing, uh, we do expect him to make this one. Uh, moving on to the likely candidates, Antonio Rudiger. Uh, he started eight of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, was on the bench for two and not selected for three others. Yeah, um, Rudiger um, has played with a number of big clubs. Um, he started with Stuttgart, but then moved um, to Roma, then to Chelsea, and is currently with Real Madrid. Um, he's been with the, the team since 2014, and has 54 caps in that time. Right, and uh, he's, uh, what, 30, 28 years old, I think? Yeah, 28 20, or 29. Yeah, 29, yeah. Uh, his first tournament was that Confederations Cup in 2017. So uh, despite starting with uh, Germany in 2014, uh, he didn't make the World Cup that year. Uh, and he was injured for the um, 2016 Euro Cup. He actually did make the final squad, uh, but he was injured. So it was replaced by Jonathan Ta, who we'll meet uh, shortly. Uh, he was on the bench for the World Cup 2018. I believe he played against his brother in that tournament. Do you remember? Um, Rudiger, I, I don't recall. Oh, no. I, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Boateng. Right. I'm way off base here. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll yeah. just carry on. Uh, by the time Euro 2020 came around, he was a starter. So started all four games. If you recall, he was wearing a uh, black protection mask in that cup. And uh, looks like a likely candidate for this one. Okay, next is Nico Schlotterback, and uh, including his first appearance on the bench in September 2021, so uh, their first game after the Euro Cup there, he started four of their remaining 13 games to June 2022, uh, was on the bench for six others, uh, suspended for one and injured for, for uh, two. So he seemed to have been called up every time. Yeah, a recent addition, like you said, just the four caps to his name. Um, he moved to Borussia Dortmund uh, from Freiburg in the summer, um, and he's only 23 years old. Um, so, yeah, a newcomer in this back line. Right, and so uh, no tournaments under his belt. Uh, we'll move on to Matthias Ginter, who we see as a possible candidate, uh, having just started one of their 13 games since the Euro Cup. Uh, he subbed in for one and was on the bench for four others. Uh, out with coronavirus for two, but not selected for five. And significantly, uh, that included the last four matches in June. Yeah, he's another central defender who made a move this summer um, within Germany from Borussia Mönchengladbach um, to Freiburg. Um, yeah, he's uh, 28 years old and has 46 caps to his name already. Right, and actually that's his uh, second stint with, with Freiburg. Um, he's been on the team since 2014, and he was uh, uh, on the 2014 World Cup squad. Um, but he was just on the bench, didn't see any action there. Uh, not a part of the 2016 Euro Cup. And in the 2017 Confederations Cup, he uh, didn't appear in game one, but started. Uh, got a starting position after that. Uh, 2018, just a substitute, but in Euro 2020, uh, started all four games there. So 
uh, worked his way up to being a starter, but uh, hasn't maintained that uh, since. Uh, we mentioned Jonathan Tarr a little while ago. Uh, he uh, returned actually after an eight month absence in November, 2021 and started two of their remaining games uh, up until June, 2022, uh, subbed in for one and was on the bench for four. And uh, just one match he wasn't selected for after uh, November there. Yeah, he currently plays for Bayer Leverkusen in Germany, where he's been since uh, 2015. Um, 16 caps uh, for him, um, and he's also 26 years old. Um, so, yeah, relatively young in that defensive cast. Yeah, and he did get his first cap in uh, 2016. It was on the squad for this 2016 Euro, uh, just on the bench there. He didn't see any field time. Um, actually, we, we mentioned he did replace uh, Antonio Rudiger, who was injured. However, he has not made it onto a squad uh, since then, uh, not even the, the B team in the 2017 Confederations Cup. Um, and I'm looking for a reason uh, that he wasn't selected. Uh, for the World Cup, he was on the preliminary squad, but didn't make the final cut. Otherwise, um, uh, I just see that in Euro 2020, I have a note saying that his his uh, performance just wasn't up to the standard required. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, he actually started uh, from four years of age, Connor, uh, uh, which is actually not that unusual. Wow, with the, yeah, with his youth club. Yeah. Okay, finally, we have uh, Matt Hummels, and uh, he actually seems to be off the squad here. Oh, oh, it's not finally. We have one more after this. But Matt Hummels last appeared uh, in the 2021 Euro Cup. Yeah, um, a real veteran, 76 caps for Germany. He's been with since 2010, so through a lot of the successful years. Um, and as a player, he actually went from Bayern Munich to, to Dortmund, back to Bayern, back to Dortmund. So switching wow. between some the two big clubs, but also two great rivals. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, 34 years old, I guess, is is uh, is um, at, the, at the upper level. So I'm guessing this is down to age. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, we won't spend too much time on him. Basically, he was a starter, uh, especially in the early years, for the Euro 2012 and Euro 2014, and uh, kind of on and off after that, but uh, uh, a part of World Cup uh, and Euro 2020, um, just started uh, a few of the games in the World Cup and uh, um, uh, all of the games in the Euro Cup. So, no, uh, a firm part of the team there. Um, mm -hmm. but um, seems to have uh, maybe retired, announced his retirement after the Euro Cup. I'm not sure. And finally, we have Robin Koch, who we consider um, a uh, seemingly off the team. Uh, he last appeared for the national team for the 2021 World uh, Euro Cup. Yeah, the Leeds United defender has just eight caps, and those were all achieved between 2019 and 2021. Right, and his only tournament was the Euro 2020 uh, Euro Cup, uh, but he was just on the bench for that, so didn't see any action there. So let's summarize central defenders. Uh, 
by talking about how the position has gone. So as we noted at the top, sometimes three, uh, uh, three, a three-man centre-back formation and sometimes a four-man defensive line, which would be two centre-backs and a left-back and a right-back. So in the Euro Cup, it was uh, three centre-backs and they were Hummels, Rudiger, sorry, Rudiger and uh, Ginter. That changed a lot with the new man manager coming in and became quite complicated, actually, uh, with Rudiger starting the most, Ginter only a couple of times and Hummels not at all. Uh, Nicolas Sula came in and played a lot in the World Cup qualification games and then Kerr uh, started to take a bigger role. Slaughterback, Jonathan Tarr, and even right back Klosterman, who we'll meet soon, uh, all saw a few starts. Uh, Rudiger and Sula seemed the most common starters, though, uh, but we, we do see there's a lot of rotation uh, in this position. All right, let's move on to uh, left backs. And do you want to take us through the names there, Connor? Sure. So, um... In our definite category, we have uh, David Raum. Um, we have two names in possible but unlikely, and that's Robin Gosens and Christian Gunter. Um, and then in seems to be off the squad, we have uh, Marcel Halstenberg. All right. Um, well, let's go back to David Raum, and we have him as a definite candidate because... Uh, including his first appearance on the bench in September uh, 2021, right after the Euros there. He started seven of their remaining 13 games, and he was subbed in for two and on the bench for four others. Yeah, he's just 24 years old. Um, he started with Gruther Firth in Germany, a smaller club, uh, spent the 2021-22 season with Hoffenheim and then moved to Leipzig in the summer. Um, so, yeah, his career kind of on an upward trajectory. And, uh, yeah, nine caps so far uh, for David Rome. Yeah, uh, 24 years old. So he's never uh, actually been involved in a tournament here, but it looks like he will be uh, involved in this one. Uh, Robin Gosens um, is a possible but unlikely. He started one of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, uh, subbed in for one. Uh, but was out with two separate injuries for five games and not selected for the last uh, six matches. Yeah, um, he's actually spent uh, his recent career in Italy, uh, first with Atalanta and currently with Inter Milan, uh, where he moved this summer. Um, and he has 14 caps, all coming since 2020. Wow. Okay, uh, 28 years old, and his first tournament was uh, the Euro 2020. Uh, where he was a starter, starting all four games, uh, but didn't start at a left back. If you recall, it was a three-man back line. So he pushed up to play the left winger role uh, throughout the tournament there. Christian Gunter uh, is also possible but unlikely. He started one of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, was subbed in for two and on the bench for one, uh, but not selected for nine matches, including the last four. Yeah, not a great sign. Um, he's currently with uh, Freiburg, where he's been actually since uh, 2012, so some time. Um, he's 20, uh, 29 years old, um, but has just six caps to his name so far. Yeah, just six caps, because uh, after his first cap in 2014, uh, he was off the team for seven years and just returned in 2021 
uh, before the Euro Cup, uh, but actually was selected for the Euro Cup squad. Uh, but he was um, uh, didn't see any action, just on the bench uh, there, and actually only on the bench for two of the uh, games. Um, so we're, we're not really expecting to see him in this tournament. And uh, finally, we have Marcel uh, uh, Halstenberg, and uh, he last appeared for the national team in the 2021 Euro Cup. Yeah, um, the Leipzig defender, um, who's 30 years old, had just nine caps for his name, so hasn't ever really been a regular for Germany. Yeah, that's right. But he did make the uh, uh, squad for the 2020 Euro Cup. Uh, he appeared only in one game there where he was subbed into game two uh, uh, at, in the 62nd minute. So uh, those are the candidates, and we'll summarize the position here. So... Um, Again, uh, not used in the Euro Cup because it was a three-man backline. Uh, Gosens uh, started uh, in that cup, but as a left winger. We'll talk about that when we get to left wingers. Uh, Gosens actually started the World Cup qualifying games, but uh, Kerrer, who we saw as a central defender, mm-hmm. um, started the next three uh, World Cup qualifying games. Then it was Rom, then it was Gunter. Uh, Ron played in the friendlies and uh, Kerrer and Ron uh, uh, in the Nations League games. So uh, when it was a three-man backline, it was usually the left defender who did move up to play the left winger role. So Gosens did that in the cup and uh, Ron did it towards the end uh, of the period we're talking about. So um, a defender moving up. All right, uh, that brings us to the end of left-backs. Let's look and see how things shape up on the right side. And uh, we, oh yeah, go ahead and uh, give us the candidates. Yeah, so we have two um, who we think will definitely be part of the squad. Um, the first is Joshua Kimmich, and the second is Jonas Hoffman. In our um, likely can, uh, category, we have Lucas Klosterman. And then in possible, we have Benjamin Henricks. Right. Okay, well, uh, the first one is uh, Joshua Kimmich. And I'll just point out that uh, uh, he, he was, uh, well, not a right back in the Euro Cup, but uh, he was the right back who moved up to the right winger role. But interestingly, after that, he moved uh, out of that position and has been playing in central midfield under the new manager. Yeah, and I think um, he played central midfielder when Flick was the manager of um, Bayern Munich as well, which is his club team. So, um, yeah, possibly it's a position that he finds himself in now. That's middle of the park as opposed to right defence. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Anyway, um, he did start nine of their 13 matches in that uh, central midfielder position since the Euro Cup. Uh, he he was under quarantine for two matches and on special leave for one, so always called up, which is why we have him as a definite candidate. Yeah, um, he's been with Bayern Munich since 2015. Um, he's just 27 years old, but has uh, 70 caps already, so he's a real fixture uh, in the national team. Yeah, hard to believe he's uh, just 27 years old, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, his first tournament was the Euro 2016, and he didn't appear in games one and two, 
but he uh, gained the starting position after that for the remaining four games. And uh, he was actually part of the Confederations Cup 2017 uh, team. He was the only player, in fact, uh, only German player to start and finish all five games there. And he was uh, a starter in the World Cup 2018 and in Euro 2020. So it looks like they always use him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Joshua Kimmich, uh, but again, we'll be thinking of him more as a central midfielder during this period, uh, and perhaps that's why we have two candidates that are definite, because we have Jonas Hoffman, who started eight of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was subbed in for three and injured for two others. Yeah, he's a Borussia Mönchengladbach defender. He's been there uh, since 2016. Um, but he's been with the national team since 2020, where he's amassed uh, 16 caps in that time, um, and also scored four goals, which is pretty impressive given his position. Yeah, uh, yeah, 30 years old. He was on the roster. Uh, 30 years old, sorry, but he got his first uh, cap in 2020, so a bit of a latecomer. Uh, but he was on the roster. Uh, he was on the roster, but not on the bench for any of the four games. Um, a bit of an odd situation there, and I can't remember the numbers. I think they were allowed to bring 28 players, but only allowed to actually bring 23 or 25 or something to the game. So there were always a couple of players who were on the roster, but not even on the bench. Yeah. Uh, and as far as Hoffman goes, he plays quite a bit in that uh, red uh, right back or right winger role. Um, but he has played as a right attacking midfielder uh, as well. Let's move on to Lucas Klosterman, who we did meet uh, uh, earlier as a playing in a central defensive role. Uh, he, that would be on the right side of the three-man defense. And he started uh, three of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, subbed in for two and was on the bench for three and was out with two separate injuries for three. So just one game that he wasn't called up for. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, he's 25 years old um, and has 18 caps, and he currently plays his football with uh, Leipzig in Germany. Right, and uh, he was uh, part of the uh, Euro 2020 squad, having earned his first cap in 2019. Um but uh, he was on the bench only for game one and then uh, out with an injury, uh, a torn muscle fiber after that. And I wonder if he's a bit of an injury-prone player because he's an injury risk for this tournament too, uh, out with a ruptured ligament from mid-August, uh, Connor. So um, a bit of a doubt. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll come back to that when we uh, talk about the injury list at the end. But let's move on to Benjamin Heinrichs, who returned after a 17-month absence in March 2022 to start one of their remaining six games. And he was subbed in for one and on the bench for all four others. Yeah, he's a, a teammate of Klosterman at Red Bull Leipzig, where he's been since 2021. Um, he's... Uh, debuted with the national team in 2016, only seven caps in that time. Um, yeah, and uh, he's 25 years old, so one of the younger players. Yeah, uh, he's been on the team since 2016, but got and uh, was selected for the uh, 2017 Confederations Cup, where he was just a substitute 
uh, although he did start and finish the fourth game there, uh, but wasn't selected for the uh, 2018 World Cup or the 20, uh, 2020 Euro Cup. So kind of on the fringes of the team here, Connor. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, well, let's summarize the position. So um, again, the right back position is only used uh, in those formations that have a four-man defense, which was about half the time. And in the Euro Cup, it was uh, um, Kimmich uh, in the position, although he pushed up to the right winger position. Uh, actually, the right midfield, Baku and Klosterman, each got one game in World Cup qualifying, but mostly it was uh, Hoffman. Hoffman is actually um, coded as a central midfielder, but we moved him uh, to the right back to talk about him here because uh, that's where he's primarily played. So um, he mostly played in the uh, World Cup qualification games. Uh, interestingly, attacking midfielder Julian Draxter uh, came back to play, uh, but it was in the right wing position there in the first friendly. And then Carer, the central defender, uh, in the second. So all sorts of players playing in this position. In the Na Nations League games in June, it was uh, Heinrichs once and Klosterman once and Hoffman twice. So uh, in summary, it was Kimmich in the cup. Um, but he moved to central midfielder, and then central midfielder Hoffman primarily played in the position um, with other players uh, uh, being tried out in the position, it seems. Did you get all that, Connor? Yeah, a, a little bit unsettled, uh, I, yeah. I think is what it boils down to. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But uh, uh, I'm expecting it to be Hoffman in the cup, uh, although he has played in the attacking midfielder role. And uh, actually, that leads nicely into midfielders. Um, and let's begin with uh, uh, defensive midfielders. Yeah, so we have a couple of players listed in the defensive midfield role. Um, in the possible category, um, we don't have any definites or likelies. Um, and in the possible category, we have Anton Stack. Um, in possible unlikely, we have Julian Vagel. And then it seems to be off the squad, we have Emre Chan. All right. Yeah, so uh, we'll actually do central midfielders too, and it seems to be central midfielders primarily who, uh, uh, who play the role. But uh, Anton Stack, uh, including his first cap, which was in March 2022, uh, didn't start any of the remaining six games, but did sub in for two and was on the bench for three. Yeah, um, just a couple caps to his name. Um, he's young, 23 years old, and he currently plays with Mainz in Germany. Right. Uh, and I kind of think he was replacing someone uh, when he came in there, but we'll perhaps shed more light on that as we go. Julian Vagel actually returned after a five-year absence in March 2022 and started one of their remaining six games. He was subbed in for one, but unlike Stack, he was not selected for the last four matches. Yeah, he's actually uh, with Benfica in Portugal, though he has been loaned uh, to Germany, to Borussia Mönchengladbach for the start of the season. Um, he has uh, just six caps to his name uh, since debuting in 2016. 
2016. Yeah, and he was actually on the roster for the 2016 uh, Euro Cup, but not uh, for any of the tournaments after that. So uh, 2017 Confederations Cup uh, and the last two tournaments. So as we said, he returned after a five-year absence. So um, I'm not likely to make this tournament either. The last one is kind of uh, maybe saying goodbye to a veteran here. Uh, Emery Chan last appeared for the national team in the 2020, uh, well, I'll call it the 2021 Euro Cup there. Yeah, he had 37 caps. He played with the team from 2015 to 2021. Um, played on a number of big clubs. Um, started actually with Bayern Munich. Um, then also played with Liverpool, uh, Juventus and Borussia Dortmund. So some some big clubs um, that he's been associated with. But like we said, it uh, appears like he's he's no, lo- no longer on the squad. Um, he's not that old, um, coincidentally, just 28. Um, but yeah, not involved with the national team recently. Yeah, uh, another player who I thought was a bit older, but in in light of his being 28 years old, uh, a bit of a surprise that he's off the squad. Yeah, I agree. I didn't actually realize he was as as young as he is. Yeah. Well, rather than summarizing the position here, we'll move on to central midfielders and then summarize the position because these two uh, overlap quite a bit. So uh, do you want to take us through the central midfielders? Yeah, so in our definite category... Uh, we have Ilkay Gundogan. Um, we also have uh, Jonas Hoffman, who we, who we talked about. He's in our definite category, but we discussed him under right-backs. Um, we have Florian uh, Florian Newhouse. Um, I'm actually have to confirm what category we have him under. Oh, no, he's a central midfielder. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um how have we categorized him? Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, why don't I come back to it when we describe it? I forgot to mark it, but... Uh... Sure. Yeah. Um, in uh, Possible Unlikely, we have Maximilian Arnold. And then in uh, Seems to be Off the Squad, um, a big name uh, in Tony Cruz. Right. Okay. Well, I put Newhouse on the Possible for now, but when we, uh, uh, when we read uh, his description, we'll... Um, And do you know if Cruz is retired or just off the squad? Um, It looks like he had announced his retirement. um, Yeah. Yeah, after the 2021 Euro Cup. Okay. Uh, Okay, let's go back and take a look at these players. So we'll begin with uh, Ilkay Gundogan. So he started eight of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was subbed in for three and injured for two others, so always selected. Yeah, um, he's uh, with Manchester City in England, where he's been since 2016, uh, moving from Borussia Dortmund. Um, 62 caps and 16 goals uh, for the 30-year-old. Pretty good return uh, for someone in his position. Yeah, well, he earned his first cap in 2011 and was on the roster for the uh, 2012 Euro Cup, even though he didn't see any action. Uh, But he wasn't in any of the tournaments uh, up until the 2018 World Cup. So uh, injured for the 2014 World Cup and for the 2016 uh, World Cup. It was a back injury in 2014 and a knee injury in 2016 and a B team in 2017. and on the uh, for the 2018 World Cup, he uh, appeared only in Game Two, 
where he replaced an injured player there. Uh, so he had actually been off the team for quite a while. Um, and finally, in um, Euro 2020, he became a starter uh, for the Cup. And I believe he plays uh, upfield sometimes, more like an attacking midfielder too. Yeah, pretty versatile player um, who's yeah grown into a very important player for Manchester City and Germany right. as well. Uh, I, I'll put... Uh, um, well, no, uh, Connor said we, we moved Jonas Hoffman to the... Uh, right back position so he didn't play as a central midfielder so let's talk about uh, Florian Newhouse and nail down uh, where we categorize him he started one of the 13 games um, since the 2021 World Cup and he was subbed in for three and on the bench for four and not selected for five others including the last four matches so uh, to me, that sounds like a possible. Uh, how about you, Connor? Yeah, I would agree with that. Possibly even verging on on unlikely, given that uh, not selected for the last four matches. Yeah, that's always a, a concern. But um, while you're describing him, I'm just quickly going to look him up because um, uh, he may be an injury. Uh, there may. I, I just want to see if it's an injury that's responsible for those last four matches. There. Yeah. So the 25-year-old, he has 10 caps for the German team, um, and he currently plays uh, with Borussia Mönchengladbach, um, so one of the teams at the top end of the German table. And it All looks right. Like you do have a note that um, Newhouse was injured for the September 2022 matches. Yeah, no, do you want to uh, uh, just do his tournament history? Because I'm, I'm uh, looking it up. Sure. Yeah, he was on the roster for uh, Euro 2020, but he saw no action. He was on the bench for all four games, and that was um, the first tournament that he's uh, been involved with. So just uh, a brief little tournament history uh, there. Yeah, uh, no, uh, he wasn't injured for the June games, so I'm not sure what's going on there. I thought actually Germans were... were... Uh, quite enthusiastic about him as a player. So uh, maybe by the time we do our update podcast, we can uh, say what happened with those uh, June games, but um, uh, it doesn't seem to be down to injury there. All right. Let's move on to uh, Maximilian Arnold. And um, we have him as possible, but unlikely. Uh, he earned his first cap actually as a substitute uh, in May 2014 and then was off the team uh, and returned after a seven and a half year absence in November 2021 uh, to start none of their remaining games, didn't start any of their remaining eight games there, uh, but he was subbed in for two and then off the team again uh, for the last six matches. Yeah, remarkable story. Um, Arnold's just 28 years old um, and has just three caps to his name. He's currently with Wolfsburg, where he's been for uh, basically his entire career. Yeah, uh, more than 10 years. All right, well, finally, we have Tony Cruz. And, um, uh, yeah, he last appeared for the national team in the 2021 Euro Cup, and he actually did uh, announce his retirement shortly after. So a big loss for them there, Connor. Yeah, he's 32 years old, um, and he's still contributing um, impressively for Real Madrid. So it is a loss. Um, there's no doubt that he still has the ability. Um, but yeah, in his career, he's, he's amassed 106 caps for Germany, 
uh, 17 goals, um, and I think widely regarded as one of the kind of the top midfielders of his generation. Yeah, well, we won't go through his whole tournament history, but basically uh, the 2010 World Cup was his first uh, his first tournament where he was just a sub, and also in the 2012 uh, Euro Cup. But in the 2014 World Cup, he really made an impression being named to the, the team of the tournament. And in short, he was a starter uh, from that point on. Uh, okay, well, let's finish by summarizing the position uh, of central midfielder. So uh, regardless of the formation, we talked about the two formations at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, there are two central midfielders in both formations. Uh, so it was Cruz and Gundogan in the uh, Euro Cup. And then, of course, uh, Cruz um, uh, disappeared uh, from the team after the Euro Cup. Uh, Goretzka did replace Gundogan in the last game of uh, the Euro Cup there. And uh, with the new manager, we saw Kimmich moving into the central midfield after that. And he was the most regular starter uh, there. But he did some rotation with uh, Gundogan and Goretzka, who's actually coded as a left midfielder. Uh, Newhouse, Vagel, and attacking midfielder Musiala uh, all got one start in the position. So I would say uh, kind of a rotation uh, among uh, Kimmich, uh, Kimmich uh, Gundogan, and Goretzka, uh, if I have to give a simple summary there. Yeah, sounds about right. All right, well, then we will move on to uh, left wingers. Uh, sorry, no. Yeah. Yeah, left wingers. Okay, and I'll explain why uh, I got confused there. I'm actually doing wingers here before we do right and left midfielders. And the reason for that is because the winger role is almost always played by a defender, a left back or a right back, uh, moving up in, in into that position. Uh, those who are coded as left and right midfielders uh, generally play a more attacking role. So uh, here we go with the left wingers. Yeah, and there's just um, one name, and he's in the... Uh the possible category, and that's uh, Marco Royce. Uh, possible, yes. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Marco Royce then. Um, he had returned after a two-year absence uh, in September 2021 and started three of their remaining 13 games, um, subbed in for one, on the bench for one, uh, and injured for four, including the last three matches, uh, and and uh, not selected for two others. So just uh, kind of uh, not firmly established in the team during the period we're talking about. Yeah, um, he's been with Borussia Dortmund since 2012, um, so a, a long-time player with them. Um, 48 caps, 15 goals for the national team, um, but his career... Um, unfortunately has been uh, hit with a lot of injury, which has, has affected his uh, participation at times. Uh, yes, you're right. In terms of tournaments, that's uh, pretty evident. Uh, his first cup was the Euro 2012, and he was uh, uh, basically a sub in that. He started one game, and uh, then injury prevented him from the 2014 uh, World Cup, and he wasn't selected 
for the 2016 Euro Cup, made the preliminary squad there, but not the final squad. Uh, for the 2018 World Cup, he was also uh, started as a substitute, actually, but uh, gained a starting position for the second and third games. Um, but then for Euro 2020, uh, made himself unavailable, uh, citing an intense uh, club season uh, beforehand. So um, injuries and his own decisions and uh, all sorts of things have uh, collaborated to make him a bit of an outsider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, and he's the only candidate there. So um, we'll summarize the position, but I think I pretty much said it already when we were discussing the left-back position that uh, Gosens moved up to the left wing in the uh, Euro Cup when there was a three-man defence, and then the position didn't exist until the last game of World Cup qualifying. Uh, from then onwards, it was left defender Rome, uh, playing as a left defender when the position existed and generally moving up to the left wing uh, when when uh, it was a three-man defence. So actually, uh, I should add for Marco uh, Royce that uh, when he has played in his three World Cup qualification games, um, he was uh, a central attacking midfielder uh, rather than a winger. And... Uh, he was out uh, with a torn muscle fiber for the June games, but he has played for his clubs uh, since then. So again, injury uh, part of the story with Marco Royce, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately for him. All right, let's move on to uh, right wingers. And who do we have, Connor? Uh, there are none. Oh, all right. Well, uh, once again, I'll summarize the position then. Uh, as we saw, it was uh, right-back Kimmich moving up to the right-wing position in uh, Euro Cup qualifying. And uh, Hoffman <clears throat> did so in the last game of World Cup qualifying, the only uh, formation that had the um, three-man back line. And then uh, it was always uh, right-back Hoffman when it was a right-back position. However, uh, Julian Draxler, the attacking midfielder, did play it once uh, in one of the friendlies there. So let's move on to left midfielders. With uh, Germany, that's a bit more of an attacking role or uh, the players coded as left midfielders uh, tend, to, tend to play the attacking uh, role. So do you want to take us through those players? Yeah, in our um, likely candidates, we have uh, Leon Goretzka. And then actually just one more in uh, possible, and that's Julian Brandt. Okay. And uh, um, in contradiction to what I just said, actually, uh, Leon Goretzka was one of the players uh, coded as um, a, a central midfielder who played a more defensive role. So we saw when we talked about central midfielders that he sometimes uh, shared or rotated into that role. But we didn't talk about him on the central midfielder, so let's cover him here. Uh, he started seven of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, uh, subbed in for two and was on the bench for one, um, and uh, not selected for two of the matches. Yeah, he's a um, 27-year-old midfielder who plays for Bayern Munich. Uh, he's been with them for, uh, since 2018, and he has 44 caps and 14 goals, so a pretty good return. Uh, for someone who's been with the national team since 2014. Yeah, that's right. And uh, 
even though he was with them since 2014, he didn't make the final cut for the 2014 World Cup and also wasn't on the team uh, in uh, for the 2016 Euro Cup. So the 2017 Confederations Cup was his uh, first tournament and he was a starter there and actually did very well scoring three of their 12 goals in that tournament and won the Silver Boot Award uh, there and also the Bronze Ball Award for the third blessed third best player of the tournament. However, that didn't earn him a starting position for the 2018 World Cup, where he was just a substitute uh, appearing only in game three and was a substitute in Euro 2020 uh, also. So um, we saw that Confederations Cup was kind of a B team and that's the only time he's been uh, a starter. Uh, okay, but nevertheless, a, a likely candidate to make the team here. We'll talk about uh, his chances of being a starter when we get to the last part of the podcast. But let's move on to uh, Julian Brandt. And we have him as a possible candidate because he returned after a 12-month absence in June 2021 and didn't start any of their remaining eight games there, but subbed in for three and was on the bench for five others. Yeah, um, Julian Brandt, he's a Borussia Dortmund player, um, where he's been for the last several years. Um, he's uh, 26 years old, so still kind of on the younger side, um, and has 38 caps to his name already, so uh, so not a bad haul, especially given that 12-month uh, absence you mentioned. Yeah, well, the first of his caps was in 2016, and uh, he made the squad for the uh 2017 confederations cup he was actually on the preliminary squad for the uh 2016 euro cup but didn't make the cut from 27 down to 23 uh and in the confederations cup he started game one but lost his starting position uh there coming in only as a substitute later so not as good a tournament as uh goretzka had uh for the 2018 world cup he too was a substitute uh, he came into all three games, but pretty late in all of them. And then he wasn't selected for the uh, uh, 2020 Euro Cup, so kind of on the edge of the squad here too, Connor. Yeah, by the looks of it. All right, well, let's summarize the, summarize the position. So uh, there's no left midfielder or right uh, midfielder in either of the formations. If you imagine a 3-4-1-2, um, the the four will be a winger in that position or the four two three one uh kind of no outside midfielders in that formation either so those plays uh these players the left and the right midfielders who will do soon uh usually played elsewhere uh usually in a more attacking role but uh goretzka is an exception there playing as a central midfielder um uh, yeah, so um, we're going to talk about uh, the attacking midfielders too uh, a bit later. But as a left attacking midfielder, we're going to see that uh, Muller, Thomas Muller in the Euro Cup uh, played in that role. And uh, Havertz uh, also played up there once. And uh, Sané uh, is the main man through World Cup qualifying, but a bit of position sharing uh, going on there, Musiala uh, also, but we will uh, meet those players uh, later. Uh, now, before we move on to right midfielders, I see I'm a bit messed up in the uh, graphics there, so I'm just going to correct that. 
and we're ready to go. Do you want to take us through the right midfielder candidates? Yeah, so we'll start with Thomas Muller, who you just mentioned. Um, he is in our definite category, um, as is uh, Leroy Sané. And then in possible but unlikely, uh, we have uh, Ridley Baku. Okay, yes, and we uh, did mention those. Uh, they seem to kind of shift around a lot here. And I'll just start by saying that uh, Muller, despite being labeled as a right midfielder, uh, played as a left attacking midfielder in the Euro Cup, but kind of roved around the field after that, uh, playing sometimes on the left, sometimes on the right, and sometimes as a central attacking midfielder, uh, even played as a center forward once. Uh, and we have him as a definite candidate. He started seven of the 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. Uh, he was subbed in for three besides, uh, injured for two, and so just one match that he wasn't called up for. Yeah, he's uh, really been kind of an institution uh, with Germany, as he has been for his club, uh, club team Bayern Munich. Um, he has 118 caps and 44 goals uh, for the national team. He's 32 years old, so there's uh, potentially more caps and goals ahead of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's been around for a long time, uh, since the 2020, 2010 World Cup, where uh, despite getting his first cap that year, he started all seven games, uh, except for one game where he was suspended, and he scored five of their 16 goals there, and was a starter in uh, basically every tournament after that. Uh, five of their uh, 18 goals in the 2014 World Cup there, and he won the Silver Ball Award as the second best player of the tournament. Uh, not part of that Confederations Cup squad, which was a B team. And um, I don't know if you remember this in the World Cup 2018, uh, but I think there was a bit, uh, I think initially the manager said he wasn't going to select him. Do you remember anything about that? Yeah, uh it may have been in, after the World Cup 2018 where, where Lou said that, uh, yeah, Muller and, and a couple others basically uh, were not going to be um, called up again. Um, that's changed for him since the new manager come in. Um, but it's kind of an, an odd thing. Um, yeah, I think uh, Rudiger was one of those, uh, one of those uh, also. And, and maybe it was uh, uh, the Euro 2020 Cup then that I was thinking of. But it looks like the manager pulled back on his decision for, for him and one of the other players. And maybe it was Hummels that uh, yeah yeah that stayed off the team. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. In yeah, the can, yeah, go of, ahead. Sorry, sorry, Kevin. Yeah, just kind of an, an odd decision to to go out and then come back. I think it was reversed by Joachim Louv. Um, but yeah, he, he's being part of it um, under Flick, of course, uh, managed him with Bayern Munich. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, for the 2018 World Cup, he did start and finish games one and two, but he, lo he lost his starting position there. And um, uh, yeah, Euro 2020 Cup, he, he uh, not only did make the team, but was a starter um, for most of the games there. So uh, seems to be going strong, uh, scoring three of their goals in qualifying for this cup too. Uh, Leroy Sané, we also have as a definite candidate, and actually he seems the primary uh, left attacking midfielder um, for the club, whereas uh, Muller seems to move around. 
uh, even though he is uh, designated as a right midfielder. We have him as definite because he started nine of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, subbed in for two besides and was on the bench for the two others, so always called up. Yeah, um, he got his start with Schalke, um, then spent four years at Manchester City um, before leaving for Bayern Munich um, in 2020. He's still young, 26 years old, uh, 47 caps and 11 goals to his name so far. Yeah, his first cap was in 2015 and he was on the cup for the Euro 2016 squad. However, an injury kept him out of the uh, Confederations Cup in 2017 where he was selected for the final squad before that uh, uh, injury he required an operation on his nose and for the 2018 world cup he was left off the squad uh, selected for the 27 man preliminary squad but then didn't make the final cut and i don't i don't uh sorry uh, do you recall the outcry i remember there was an outcry about that um yeah i don't recall that so much but it was a shock um yeah that he wasn't there at 2018 I mean, that was during the period where he was with Manchester City, where I, I don't recall. I think he didn't do that well with Man City either. Yeah, he had spells where he did well and, and spells where perhaps he wasn't performing up to his abilities. Yeah, that would have been right during this period, but he's been better since the move to Bayern Munich. For the 2020 Euro Cup, he, uh, um, he would just started and finished game three. Uh, otherwise uh, was a substitute, but he did come into uh, the first four games there and uh, has been selected more regularly under the new manager. Uh, okay, so uh, finally we look at uh, Ridley Baku uh, and we have him as possible but unlikely. He started two of their 13 games since the 2021 uh, Euro Cup. Uh, one of those was as a right back and the other one was as a right attacking midfielder and he was subbed in for one game and on the bench for one game. However, he was not selected for nine matches, including the last six. Yeah, it seems to suggest then that um, he's not in favour currently. Um, another young player, so perhaps one more uh, for the future, um, just 24 years old, he plays for Wolfsburg in Germany. Right, and he has no tournaments under his belt. Uh, his first cap was in 2020, but he didn't make the uh, Euro Cup squad. So uh, let's go back and uh, summarize this position. So um, as far as uh, right attacking midfielder goes, uh, we're going to see that actually attacking midfielder Kyle Havertz uh, played the position in the Euro Cup. Uh, although he and Thomas Muller switched sides once, making it, uh, I think they did that specifically to confuse me, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Most often it's uh, forward um, uh, Gnabry who we're going to meet uh, and after, uh, after that. But there's been a lot of position shifting with Muller and Havertz sometimes there. And uh, we saw Musiela, Baku and even central midfielder Hoffman uh, each getting a start in the position. So uh, fairly undecided there, but uh, looks like an Avery to me. Yeah, and we'll talk about him shortly, as you said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's move on to forwards, but we uh, we include um, attacking midfielders in the forwards. We actually should have included, actually, the left and right midfielders as far as Germany goes. But uh, uh, do you want to take us through the attacking midfielders? 
Yeah, a couple names to go through, starting with Kai Havertz, who we have in our definite category. Um, also definite, um, we have Jamal Musiala. And then in possible, uh, we have Julian Drexler. Okay. Uh, okay, well, Kai Havertz uh, kind of roves around the field, uh, playing right, uh, center and left attacking midfielder. Not so much on the left side, where Sane and Muller uh, seem to be the most common players. Havertz uh, is sometimes uh, in the forward position also. He started seven of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he subbed into three and was on the bench for one. Um, ill for one and suspended for one, so uh, never not called up. Yeah, um, he's 23 years old and, of course, had a big move to uh, to Chelsea in 2020, moving from Bayer Leverkusen as just a, a young player. Um, so far for the national team, he has 30 caps and 10 goals, um, so pretty good given his, uh, given his age. Right, and uh, his first cap was in 2018, but he doesn't seem to have been a consideration for the World Cup there. Uh, however, for Euro 2020, he was a starter, uh, starting all four games and scoring two of their six goals uh, in the Cup, um, and has been a fairly regular uh, starter, uh, or fairly regularly called up, not so regularly as a starter, but uh, Kai Havertz, a definite candidate. Uh, next, we have Jamal Musiala, and he too um, has moved around the field a bit, playing as a left attacking midfielder and right attacking midfielder, and even as a, a central midfielder, kind of a defensive midfielder uh, once. He started five of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. Uh, he was subbed in for five others and on the bench for one and under quarantine for two. So he also has not failed in being called up. Yeah, uh, Musial is just 19 years old um, and 17 caps already. Wow. Um, so hugely impressive. Um, of course, he could have been eligible for uh, England as well, but he has chosen um, to represent uh, Germany. Um, and yeah, he's with Bayern Munich where he's been since 2020. Right, and I don't know that much about him, to be honest. Uh, just one goal among those 17 caps. Uh, is he more of a playmaker, or is that a bit of a disappointing uh, stat? Well, I think given the fact that some of those appearances have been subs um, may may explain that. Um, but I think he's a bit of both. Um, he, he is, um, yeah, kind of an attacking midfielder. So he um, can create, but can also get into the box and score as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot is is uh, expected of him, and he seems to be reaching that potential so far. Yeah, well, he got that goal, uh, one of their 36 goals in World Cup qualifying uh, there, and he was on the squad for Euro 2020, uh, even though he got his first cap uh, in 2021. Well, I guess the Euro Cup was in 2021, so uh, subbed into one game there, and uh, that's his only tournament, although this looks like it will be his second uh, this World Cup. Uh, Julian Draxler is, a, is the possible candidate. He returned after a 17-month absence in March 2022 uh, and started one of their remaining six games, uh, was subbed in for one and um, not available for the last four matches. And I'm just going to check while you're describing him if that was an injury uh, as well. Yeah, he's uh, one of the German players who plays outside of uh, Germany. 
He uh, has been with PSG since 2017. I'm an actually loan to Benfica um, since this, uh, 2022, so since this summer. Um, yeah, he's he's uh, 29 years old, 58 caps, seven goals. Um, so he's been with the team since 2010. So perhaps not quite as many um, caps as would be expected. So he's someone I think who's um, at times kind of been around the team, if not always uh, a firmly established member, certainly in the starting lineup. Yeah, well, we'll look at the tournament history. I'll just say he was out with a knee injury for the uh, uh, for the June games there. And actually, if you do the tournament uh, uh, history, I'll check and see whether he's played for his club since. Sure. Um, so for World Cup 2014, he was involved, but appeared only um, in one game um, as a sub. Um, he started um, a handful of games in, in Euro 2016. Um, games one, two, four, and six. Um, started all five games of the 2017 Confederations Cup, where he was actually captain. Um, and then in 2018, um, started games one and two, but was subbed out of game two at halftime and then lost his uh, starting position after that. Um, and finally, for, for Euro 2020, um, he was not selected for the 26-man final squad. Yeah, um as far as that euro cup goes the the uh, manager love said he regretted the decision uh but said draxler hadn't played regularly enough and had struggled with injuries so it looks like uh, uh for for especially the late part of his career injuries have been a problem mm-hmm. so i've checked on his knee problem and he did miss uh um he did miss the first game in september with that knee injuries, but seemed to have recovered because he played the second uh, game, so seems to be back in action now. Uh, okay, so uh, he just played as a right winger once and was kind of on the fringes here even before that injury. And we'll summarize the position of attacking midfielder. Again, uh, it's not used in in the, uh, the formation with a 3-4... Uh, 3-4-2-1, is it? Uh, but it is used in the 4-2-3-1 formation. So it wasn't uh, a position in the Euro Cup. Uh, but in the World Cup qualifying games, it was uh, Royce half of the time, and then Havertz, Muller, and even central midfielder Gundogan uh, all playing one game. Havertz and Mulder, uh, sorry, Havertz and Muller, when the position existed in friendlies and Nations League games, which was about half of the time. So uh, a bit of a rotating position. It looked like uh, Royce had it for a while, but uh, not anymore. So it'll be interesting to see uh, the September games, what formation they go with and uh, who would be in that position. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, we don't have any players coded as secondary strikers for Germany. And uh, we'll move on to the forwards. And uh, who do we have as candidates? Yeah, as a definite candidate, we'll start with Timo Werner. Um, in terms of uh, likely candidates, we have two. We have Serge Nabry. I knew I was saying that wrong. <laughs> um, and Lucas uh, Inmecha, which there I'm probably go. saying wrong. Two consonants, uh, I don't think it should be allowed. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, in possible, we have Kareem Adeyemi. All right. Uh, okay, let's begin then with uh, Timo Werner. So, 
Uh, we have, uh, he started 10 of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, uh, subbed in for one game and injured for two others. Yeah, um, Timo Werner back in Germany, um, back in Leipzig, who he left to join Chelsea in 2020, but moved back this summer. Um, he actually has a pretty good goal scoring record for Germany, 24 goals in 55 um, appearances, all of those coming since 2017. Yeah, the same can't be uh, can't be said of his time in England, but you you have to give him credit for his positive attitude in the face of missing chance after chance. Hey, yeah, and uh, some bad luck with offsides and VAR and, and other things not helping. But back in Leipzig, he seems to uh, kind of found his confidence again, which is um, I'm happy to see. Yeah, and as you say, with Germany, uh, he doesn't uh, have that. Uh, problem. Uh, he subbed into the 2017 Confederations Cup, his first tournament, and gained a, a starting position there. Uh, scored three of their 12 goals there and won the Golden Boot Award. Uh, and was a starter in the 2018 World Cup. However, he didn't score either of their goals there, just two goals uh, for Germany in that tournament, shockingly. And uh, in Euro 2020, he was just a substitute. Uh, coming into a couple of games and scoring no goals uh, there either, but uh, scored five of their 36 goals in qualifying. So um, uh, co-top or three players tied for top scorer of the uh, on the squad. He was one of them. All right, Serge Gnabry, uh, a likely candidate, has started six of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. Subbed in for two. Uh, under quarantine for two and out with coronavirus for two. So just one match that he wasn't selected for. Yeah, Nabry's uh, 27 years old. Um, he uh, was with Arsenal for, for several years, had a, a failed loan spell at West Brom, but his career completely turned around um, when he went to Werder Bremen and then Bayern Munich of all teams in 2017. Um, and he's been kind of sensational uh, for Bayern Munich ever since, as he has been for Germany. 36 caps and 20 goals. That's a, a heck of a return. Yeah, we'll look at those percentages a bit later, but uh, that is very impressive. Uh, he's, his first cap was in 2016, but in fact, Euro uh, 2020 was his first tournament. Um, he wasn't selected even for the preliminary squad. Um uh, in uh, for the World Cup 2018, but as you say, kind of not doing well uh, in that period of his career. For the Euro 2020, he started games one, two, and three uh, there and uh, was the sole forward, lined up as a sole forward. He didn't score any of their goals in the tournament, um, but he got eight of their 30 goals in qualifying there and five of their 36 goals in qualifying for this cup. So a bit of a, a monster score, but uh, seemingly more in recent times, hey, Connor? Yes. Yeah, where his career has really flourished. Yeah. All right. Well, we also have Lucas uh, Mecha as a possible, or oh, sorry, a likely candidate. He got his first cap in November 2021 and didn't start any of the remaining eight games, but he was subbed in for six of them and on the bench for two others. Yeah, he's a, a Wolfsburg player. He actually had um, a spell at Manchester City, but that included uh, some other loan spells from there. Um, six six caps, zero goals um, since debuting in 2021, as you mentioned, and he's just uh, 24 years old. 
Right. Uh, okay, but nevertheless, a likely candidate for this tournament, uh, probably on the bench there. And finally, we have Kareem Adeyemi. And uh, Kareem Adeyemi uh, got his first appearance on the bench. Um, hang on. I uh, Oh, sorry. In September 2021, I had written it incorrectly there. Uh, he didn't start any of the remaining 12 games, but he was subbed in for four and on the bench for two, and then was out with quarantine and injury for, for uh, four matches. So... Uh, however, he was not selected for three of the last four matches, so it looked like he was kind of uh, making inroads onto the team, but then it's always a bit confusing at the end uh, 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 to know what's going on there. Yeah, he's 20 years old and just, just four caps, so pretty inexperienced player, so um, yeah, I guess we'll see see if he's uh, able to crack that final squad. Yeah, but with the top team in Borussia Dortmund and... Uh, um, yeah. possibly we'll see him in the future. So let's summarize the forward position. Uh, in the uh, Euro Cup, it was actually uh, Nabry, uh, and he was replaced by Timo Werner in the last match there, the uh, game four. And uh, Werner uh, was the starting uh, forward. If you recall the formation, they always have a single forward, and it was Werner throughout World Cup qualifying. Uh, except uh, Havertz and Muller replaced him in the last two matches, respectively. Uh, Werner, though, came back for the friendlies and the uh, Nations League games in June, uh, except for one game where Havertz stepped into the position. So, um, uh, unlike a lot of positions here, Conor Timo Werner uh, seemingly nailing down the position pretty firmly. Yeah, interesting. All right, well, that brings us to the end of the player-by-player -player, uh, discussion. And we're going to move on to um, a discussion of the squad. So we introduced uh, a few points coming out of the uh, previous podcast that we've done. And we'll kind of detail them a bit here. Uh, do you want to take us through them or maybe one by one? Yeah, I'll, I'll introduce them. And the first point we had was shocking lapses. <laughs> do you have any in mind, Connor? Um, there's just the big one, uh, which was the last World Cup. Yeah, getting knocked out at the group stage in uh, 2018, unable to score against South Korea in that third game, yeah. uh, just the second time that they've been knocked out at the group stage. And then in uh, qualifying for this cup, uh, despite I believe they won all of their games, but a big shock with a home loss to North Macedonia, uh, it seems like both of those events are only possible in an alternate universe. Yeah, Germany, um, kind of the, the model of consistency. So, yeah, those uh, those lapses coming in kind of quick succession, definitely uh, a shock to the system. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of proud of the little saying I came up with for Germany while writing the notes. Germany, oh, you're supposed to introduce it. Sure. Uh, Germany laps but don't lull. Um, which is uh, is very well summed up. Yeah, okay, well, I'll explain. Uh, their only loss in qualification um, uh, was that loss to uh, North Macedonia. And Germany is, of course, known for their consistency. Uh, prior to 2018, as I said, uh, only knocked out once at the group stage uh, of the World Cup, and they've always made it to the World Cup. Uh, they have uh, they haven't ever suffered two group stage knockouts in the World Cup in a row, 
but in Euro Cup they have in 2000 and 2004. However, in between, uh, they finished second in the World Cup, so we could hardly call that a lull. Uh, however, a poor showing here, uh, given their group stage exit in 2018 and a bit of a struggling performance in the Euro 2020 with a round of 16 finish, uh, would constitute their biggest lull, would you say so here? Or what would you call it a lull? Uh, what would they have to do to, to be in a lull here? I think you're looking at probably two or three tournaments consecutively or some big some big misses. So Italy would be an example of the missing out in two World Cups, even with a, a European championship in between. But I think it's that, that successive failures. Um, yeah. As opposed uh, by to Germany's standards, though, I, I think uh, um, uh, failing to reach two World Cups in a row would actually break up the country. But by Germany's standards, I think even a round of 16 finish in the next World Cup would constitute a lull. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Germany, I think they have more um, kind of semi-final appearances than anyone else in terms of first, second, thirds. And you look at Euros and World Cups, they so consistently get to the last four. So that, that has to be their aim at a minimum. So I guess in that regard, yeah, round of 16 or possibly even quarterfinals could could be seen as a fall from their normal high standards. Yeah. All right. Well, it's not the team podcast, but perhaps we'll discuss that a little bit more in the uh, in the update podcast. We did kind of talk about it in the uh, in the group podcast. Let's move on and uh, talk about the change of the long term managers. As we were going through the players there, Connor, um, did you uh, feel that the the change of manager had made a big difference? Um, I think kind of the. Um, Germany had a, a generation that, that won the 2014 World Cup that was kind of aging out. And some names like Schweinsteiger and, and Kroos, um, Podolski, kind of some other players had, had gone. So I think the, the task for, for Flick is to, is to rebuild the team in a sense, especially given their um, you know, fate at the last World Cup, and to rebuild it kind of with some younger players. So I think there are players getting a new chance. We've seen some players come return after absences. Um, and I think it's, it's uh, some younger players as well. Um, you know, Flick has a job of kind of rebuilding kind of the next great uh, German team. I agree with you. And actually, Love uh, had to do the same thing in 2006. They were in a bit of a, uh, uh, as we saw, two Euro Cup uh, group stage exits in a row in 2000 and 2004. So there was a bit of rebuilding in 2006. Uh, Love rebuilt the, the team and now it's uh, kind of time for rebuilding uh, again. Um, I would say one of the things I noticed is a bit uh, unsettled. Uh, sorry, I'm... I'm uh, I'm uh, jumping into your role again, but maybe you can uh, talk about it. Uh, what you felt as we were going through the player-by-player. Player. The headline here is um, a bit of difficulty settling on the starters. Yeah, I, I think in, in several positions, they've been trying out different players, um, a little bit to an alarming degree. And as we said, for a long time, Germany kind of knew who its starting eleven was. Um, I think if firm starters are to be settled upon, it looks like, they're going to have to figure that out in the cup as they only have a couple games in September coming up and only one uh, pre-tournament friendly scheduled. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, Germany is a is a is a team and a country that kind of uh, craves stability. Uh, on that note, I have a little quiz for you, Connor. Joachim Love was manager for uh, fifteen years. That's got to be the longest uh, lasting German manager, right? I, I would think so, or, but uh, maybe there's something in the history of East or West Germany that you can pull up. Yeah, it's uh, Sepp Herberger was the manager of Germany from 1936 to 1964. Holy smokes. Yeah, that is, uh, hang on, that's 28 years, I think. Wow. So uh, despite Loken's, uh Love's long period, it was almost uh, just a little more than half of Herberger's. Anyway, I mean, that does kind of show uh, Germany's, uh, uh, I think they like things to be settled, consistent, predictable, uh, and stuff like that. So I think it is a bit worrying how much uh, rotation they've been doing in the positions, in, in some of the positions here. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to uh, talk about uh, their club affiliations. And um, do you want to take it away? Yeah, overall, I mean, it's a pretty impressive list of club affiliations. The vast majority um, of players play in Germany. Um, of course, Bayern Munich is is the most represented club, but you also have Dortmund, um, Leipzig, uh, Gladbach, um, Wolfsburg, so some other teams as well. But but typically, they're coming from teams that are, are top half German teams. And then on top of that, you also have a couple of players um, playing in, in England, um, you know, Robin Gosens is an Inter Milan. Um, of course, Havertz at Chelsea, Ter Stegen at Barcelona. Um, so overall, it's it's they're they're massive clubs that pretty much all of these players are uh, affiliated with. Yeah, I mean, uh, Germany is a very healthy league, so not not uh, like some countries where you know to up your game, you kind of have to move to a to a, a bigger uh, country. Um, so it's fine uh, if they're at home. And if they do go outside, it tends to be uh, some of the biggest clubs uh, outside of Germany. And I think it probably benefits Germany. I mean, they have a lot of a core from Bayern Munich who know each other very well, but I think it benefits them to have players in different leagues, getting different types of experience, different styles of play, um, getting to learn other leagues and players. So um, I think the balance is very good for Germany. Yeah. All right, well, uh, let's talk about some of the stats uh, for Germany. And we have, um, sorry, I just got to open the right document or consult the right document here. Uh, one of the stats we look at is kind of the total number of candidates they have on the table. It's not really a, a factor for Germany. Uh, the average is uh, 50. Uh, they have 41, so uh, a fairly... Uh, um, small number of candidates to choose from. These would be candidates who've been kind of called up since 2020. Uh, uh, do you have any comment on that? Yeah, I mean, we we talked about um, settling on starters being a thing, but it, they're not necessarily, um, you know, casting the net all that wide and playing players, pulling new players in. There's, for the most part, they're players who are around the club and are just trying to find the right mix of who's going to start. Um, so... Yeah, I think that probably helps, but I think that's a finer point is they may not have starters, but they, they kind of have a, a core group or a smaller group of players who they're using in those positions, even if we're seeing rotation. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we saw with teams that have, say, more than 60, that would be like Mexico and USA and uh, Ecuador and Ghana. 
Uh, they, they're really going to have a headache reducing the squad to 22. Uh, Germany seemed to be doing fine with these 40, uh, 41 candidates, which is a fairly small stable. But as you say, among those candidates, uh, there's quite a bit of rotation. And so the next, uh, uh, the next one, that one was 10 below average. Uh, but the next one, players under more serious consideration, that would be definite, likely or possible, is 30 candidates. Um, any comments on that? Um, yeah, 30 is, is more than the squad number um, that they can bring. So obviously there's going to be some players who've been involved who will have to be trimmed down. Um, yeah, for other clubs, we've seen you know less than the full number, so they're probably bringing in players, but Germany might... Um, yeah, initially have the opposite problem of cutting down players who who yeah been involved recently. Well, the average is thirty three, and we can guess that okay. uh, some of the possible players that we've talked about uh, won't be selected. We wouldn't be surprised by that. There's always a couple of new candidates who are in good form that they bring to the cup in the update podcast in September. We'll probably see a couple of new names. Uh, right now, the total number of players in the definite and likely category. Uh, is 20. So uh, from among those 30, or if we add a couple, say 33, they have to reduce it to 26. And it looks like 20 of them are already pretty much decided. Uh, anything to add there? No, I, I think you summed that up well. Okay, well, uh, in average age, would you guess uh, Germany is a bit older or younger? Or what do you think? I think they're going to be pretty close to average. But um yeah. yeah, okay, we'll take a look at it. It's actually a bit above average, uh, 27.2, with the average being 26.5 uh, there. And I'll just kind of cover Manuel Neuer is 36. Uh, but we do have um, uh, seven, or oh, sorry, nine of those 30 players uh, who are 30 years old or older. And we only have. Um, uh, three who are 22 years or younger, so a bit uh, a bit balanced on the older side there. But do you see that as a problem? Um, no, I don't think so. I think they have enough young players to call on if they want, and enough talent. I mean, Germany always seems to produce talented players, but um, yeah, hopefully that experience, um, you know, from a German perspective, will, will end up being an advantage. They're not old by any means, um, but. You know, some players with a lot of caps should help. Yeah, you're right. Not old by any means, because uh, uh, after the 36-year-old goalkeeper there, the next oldest is uh, is uh, Marco Royce at 33 and Thomas Muller. So uh, even that's not uh, particularly old. And as you said, with that age comes experience. And uh, they have uh, an average number of caps of 34.4, the average being 27.8. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think that speaks to not necessarily an older team, but an experienced team. Um, and I think that's definitely a, a positive. I think that works in in, in their favor. Yeah. Uh, total goals is shocking. Among those, uh, among those uh, 30 players, we look at uh, definite, likely impossible candidates here. Uh, 180 goals. The average is 120. And if we balance that out with uh, goals per player, the average is 3.7 and Germany's is 6. So um, uh, all that basically adds up to a very high scoring team. Yeah, and they get goals from different positions. We, we mentioned 
um, one of their, their right backs, it may have been Hoffman, with four goals from 16 appearances. So they have players who can who can score from all over. Rudiger and, and Sule, both a goal threat from the back as well. Yeah, well, we have a, a bit of stats. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but we did notice that uh, Muller and Wern, uh, sorry, uh, Timo Werner's scoring percentage uh, were quite good. So I'll just tell you, Thomas Muller is uh, 37%. Um, Timo Werner, 43%. And Serge Gnabry, even though it's over a fewer number of games, uh, 20 goals in 36 games, a whopping uh, 55%. Yeah. That's yeah, it. but then we have a lot of players who are above 20%. There are some teams who don't even have any players with 20%. Uh, and as you say, some of their uh, uh, some of their more defensive players um, uh, uh, have uh, percentages uh, 10 to 20%, which is quite good. So uh, goals from all over the field, as you as you say. Okay, well, let's move on uh, from that and look at a couple of player uh, issues. And um, uh, do you want to introduce them? Yeah, so um, starting in defense, we have uh, Jeremy has to settle, I guess, on a central defense and formation. Right, so sometimes it's a two-man central defense and sometimes a three-man. Uh, it alternated throughout, uh, especially at the end, alternating from one to the other in the last two friendlies and the four Nations League games. Uh, I'm not sure myself, uh, maybe you have an opinion whether it's strategic or is it uh, on this, uh, kind of indecision or, or perhaps based on who's available, Connor? Yeah, it might be a bit of based on who's available and based on on the opponent. Um, yeah, I, I think they'll probably, as they did with the last tournament, probably pick a formation and stick with it. But yeah, maybe there is a bit more flexibility. But um, I think for game one, they'll need to obviously know what, what formation they're going to set up with and who's going to fill the roles. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's kind of worked out in the group stage of, of the Cup. Right now, it seems like Rudiger and Sule... Uh, is the most likely pairing with uh, Carer as the uh, as the uh, most likely third. But there's been a lot of uh, rotation and there's no pair or grouping that's been consistent enough, really, for players to uh, get used to their partners in the positions. So a bit of an issue in several positions, really. All right. Uh, next, yeah, um, go ahead. We have uh, Hoffman as either a right back or a right winger. Uh, yeah, we saw in the Euro Cup, Kimmich was there, but uh, you told us why uh, he was uh, more of a central midfielder under this manager. So it seems to be settling on Hoffman, or it seemed to be that way during World Cup qualifying. But then uh, three players started the position over the last four Nations League games. So it was Hoffman twice, but uh, uh, it seems a bit up in the air. All right, let's move on to midfield. Sure. Um, so um, Kimmich seems most likely to start there, but we'll see whether it'll be Gundogan or Goretzka alongside him. Yeah, I don't think uh, we need to say much more than that. The position's a little bit unsettled there. We may get, uh, get a bit more light shed on this in the September games. Uh, if you have nothing to add, Connor, we can move on to attack. Yeah, and the first one uh, I'll mention there is whether it'll be Sané or Musiala. 
as the, the left attacking midfielder, uh, two Bayern teammates, uh, I should mention. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, towards the end, uh, they shared this position. It was uh, kind of Sané uh, quite a bit at first. Muller was over there too. Uh, Sané seems the more likely, but uh, Musiala seems to be uh, being used a lot. So they may kind of look for a place for him to come in too. Yeah, next we have um, who the right attacking midfielder will be. Yeah, uh, more unsettled than the left side. Uh, uh, Nabri and Havers and Muller and uh, several others, including central midfielder Hoffman, uh, have been seen uh, starting on that side. So uh, that needs to be pinned down perhaps a little more. And then uh, as will the central attacking midfielder, and, and part of that is whether they'll use one, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. Uh, several players stepping into the role. Uh, Marco Royce actually more than any other single player, but he seems uh, like he won't make the squad. So uh, probably Havertz and Muller. They have these uh, Havertz, Muller, and Musiala kind of roving, uh, roving um, attacking midfielders there. Yeah, and then finally, uh, will it be Werner as a starting centre forward? All right. Well, part of that roving uh, attacking midfielder is that Nabri, Havertz, and Muller have all stepped into the uh, into the centre forward role. But it is one of the more settled positions um, for the team. All right. Let's move on to look at some of the new players on the squad. All right. Um, we'll just mention these by name, I believe, unless there's anything else you want. Uh... You mentioned Kevin? Uh, I might mention a couple of things, but we've gone through them in the player by player, so it's uh, 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 just a review at this stage. Yeah, so for, for definites, we have uh, Tilo Kerrer and David Rahm. Okay, both of those are defenders. Tilo Kerrer, a central defender who I think has played on the right a couple of times. David Rahm seems to be established as the left back or left winger, depending on the position. Yeah. Then we have uh, Nico Schlotterbeck, as well as Lucas Mecha, who are, we both listed um, as possible. Uh, yeah, they're both uh, young. Um, generally, a lot of these players are young, but we may have uh, older players who are newly joining the team. Uh, Schlotterbeck is a central defender, um, and uh, Lucas Mecha, a, a, a forward, though usually used as a substitute rather than a starter. Yeah, and I think I said possible, but those those two are are likely. Right. Um, but impossible, we do have two names. Those are Oliver Bauman and Kareem Adeyemi. Right, and we said it uh, in the play-by-player. -play, Oliver Bauman may have come in as a replacement. I'd be a bit surprised to see him selected for the squad, uh, given the quality of candidates uh, Germany has in goal. Uh, Kareem Adeyemi, yeah, a forward. Uh, Oliver Bauman is 32 years old, by the way, so just new to the squad, uh, but not a young player. Uh, Kareem Adeyemi, in contrast, is just 20 years old. And then the final name on this list is Ridley Baku, um, who we have as possible but unlikely. Yeah, he looked like he was uh, making a bit of an inroad there uh, during the period that we talked about, but ended up only uh, starting two games and and uh, not called up as much as it looked like he was going to be. Uh, so that is uh, new players. You can see they're all kind of in uh, light grey there, which indicates that they have never uh, been in a tournament before. 
Uh, let's move on to injuries. All right. Um, first, actually, the uh, the only name we have to really mention is Lucas Klosterman. Yeah, we had a couple of uh, a couple of questions. I think we had a question mark about Marco Royce, but he was back in action. The players that we had questions about uh, look like it's not an issue. However, for uh, Lucas Klosterman, uh, right, uh, coded as a right back, but also has played on the right side of that three-man defence, uh, out with a ruptured ligament uh, from mid-August with an unknown return date. So uh, I don't know um, how long a ruptured ligament goes on for, but to me that looks like it could impact his World Cup chance. Yeah, not, not looking great for him. Yeah, again, maybe we can update this uh, in the podcast on any new injuries that happen between then and now. But we're going to finish this section with uh, notable absences. Yeah, um, so these are people that seem to be off the squad. So uh, in goal, we have Burns Leno. Right, and you talked a bit uh, in the play-by-play podcast, maybe uh, a bit about form there. Yeah, um, and then other players who, who've been with the team, um, kind of bigger names, uh, Mats Hummels, um, Emre Chan, and uh, Tony Cruz. Right, and we won't go into detail on these because we did do so in the uh, player-by-player podcast. But, uh, um, yeah, it's Matt Hummels, uh, a central defender who uh, um, uh, I think he was the one left out of Euro 2020. Uh, No, he actually did play in Euro 2020, so uh, I I was wrong there. Uh, Emery Chan, just 28 years old, uh, but... um, uh, hasn't been called up since the Euro Cup in 2021. And uh, same with uh, Tony Cruz, although he did announce his retirement. Uh, we also have some players there. Uh, we do have some listeners who kind of follow teams from World Cup to World Cup. So we're just going to mention some names of uh, uh, key kind of World Cup players who are no longer with Germany. Yeah, a couple of big names. Um, Jerome Boateng. Um as well as uh, Sammy Kadira, the two most notable. All right. So yeah, uh, kind of as you uh, as you mentioned, uh, uh, the generation that you know, Wack and Love uh, built in two thousand and six. A lot of them retired before this tournament, but there is some rebuilding for the new manager uh, to do. Uh, but now we're going to finish the podcast by, or finish the media cast by going through the the names that we've listed and try to predict who's going to be starters. Uh, we won't talk too much about substitutes because anyone who's in the definite or likely candidate uh, category uh, who isn't uh, nominated as a starter will probably be a substitute. So let's uh, begin with the manager. And uh, we have, uh, do you want to take us through the candidates, Connor? Yeah, I mean, uh, Joachim Love was a previous manager, um, but firmly in there now is Hansi Flick. Right, he hasn't been through a tournament before, but uh, we doubt that they would change their manager at this point. Uh, let's move on to goalkeepers, and perhaps we'll name the definite and likely candidates uh, as we go through. Yeah, so we have Neuer as a definite candidate, Manuel Neuer, and then likely we have Kevin Trapp. All right, do you see a starter there? 
Um, it may be his last major tournament, maybe not, um, but it, I see Manuel Neuer still as the uh, the starter, as he has been for many tournaments now. Yeah, I think so, and uh, has played most of their games. Uh, the substitutes are a bit more uh, interesting, but we're not uh, really going to do that here, but um, probably Trap will be among them. Uh, central defenders, who do we have? Um, indefinite, we have uh, Nicholas Sula and uh, Thilo Kerrer. And then in likely we have Antonio Rudiger, um, as well as uh, Nico Schlotterbach. Uh, right, and uh, again, that kind of comes down to whether it's going to be a two-man uh, or a three-man. Um, I actually think myself that uh, Nicholas Suler and uh, Antonio Rudiger would be part of the two-man defense. And then uh, Theo uh, Thilo Kera added if it's a three-man defense. Uh, what do you think? I uh, I agree entirely with that. Um, yeah, I think Sula yeah. and Rudiger are the most likely starters. Right, but we are oversimplifying it a bit there because uh, uh, several players, even uh, right back uh, Klosterman, has come into the position. Uh, so it's quite possible that other names will show up. Uh, I'm not uh, uh, willing to say Thilo Kerrer will be a starter uh, there. Uh, how about left back? We only have uh, one definite candidate, and that is David Rahm. Right. He's been pretty consistent uh, either as a left back in a four-man formation or a left winger in the uh, three-man defense. Uh, I think he's the starter there. Yeah. Uh, we have right backs. Yeah, we have Josh Kimmich um, and Jonas Hoffman as definite. Um, and then Lucas Klosterman is likely, though he does have that injury doubt hanging over him. Right. Well, we did see that Joshua Kimmich actually has moved to central midfield, so I'm going to actually move him uh, right here. Do you think he'll be a starter? I, I do think Kimmich will start, but in central midfield, as you've identified. And, right. and so that leaves me uh, feeling confident that Jonas Hoffman will be the right back. Again, yeah, maybe a bit oversimplified here because we uh, have seen other people in the position. Excuse me, and we have seen Hoffman play as a as an attacking midfielder, but um, uh, I'd say, yeah, uh, confident enough that he'll be there. Uh, defensive midfielders, it looks like we don't have any definite or possible candidates there. Um, no, not in the defensive uh, midfield position. Um, but we do in central midfield. We have Joshua Kimmich, who you mentioned, as well as uh, Ilkay Gundogan um, in depth. Uh, yes. Um, and do you see uh, Gundogan as a starter? He's kind of, I'm going to actually move Leon Goretzka uh, up to here because um, uh, we have him as a likely candidate as a left midfielder, but actually he's been playing in central midfield. Uh, do you see Kundawano Goretzka as uh, definite starters? Um, I, I think as we identified, it'll be Kimmich with either Gundogan or Goretzka. Um, and I favor Gundogan in that, in that role. Um, okay. Yeah. I've uh, actually started using yellow uh, to, to identify kind of an alternating uh, players, because there are some teams that, that kind of alternate on purpose, even. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, let's move on to, uh, well, left-wingers. Uh, we, we saw the defensive, uh, the, the right-back and left-back uh, moving up to there, but we do have uh, one candidate there, Marco Royce, uh, as a possible. So I think we go right to the uh, attacking end of the field with the left and right midfielders. Yes. Um, in, in left midfielders, we don't have any definite or likely candidates, but in right side, we do where we've identified Thomas Muller and Leroy Sané. Right, and I think I'm going to move uh, um, Leroy Sané over to the left because that's primarily where he has played. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to nominate him as a starter quite boldly uh, because he has played there the most. Yeah, I think he, he faces some threats, notably from Musiala or possibly even Havertz, but... Um, I'm going to agree with you and say that he would be starting in, in left mid, the left kind of attacking midfield position. Yeah, I, I would say I'm like 80% confidence on that. Uh, right midfielder, uh, I think Thomas Muller will be a starter, but he could, he could almost start in any uh, position there on the attacking end of the field. Uh, any opinion there? Uh, I think they'll find room for him. Personally, I think if they use um, a 4-2-3-1, Mueller will be in kind of that uh, attacking mid position behind the forward. Um, if not, I see him on the right on the right side. But I, I think they'll they will find room for him to to start on the field. Yeah, I like the way you put it there. I mean, sometimes they put him as forward uh, to find room for him. And speaking of players nominated as forwards, uh, do you want to take us through the main candidates? Yeah, so starting with attacking midfielders, we have Kai Havertz and Jamal Musiala in our definite category. Uh, any starters between those two? Um, possible, but um, I, I actually think um, we'll have to go to the forwards for me to find out. Uh, oh, okay. I, I, I'm actually tempted to say Kai Havertz. Again, kind of like Muller, somewhere up there. Um, uh, would you disagree? Um, I think it's possible he is a versatile player. Um, looking at, at forwards, we have uh, Timo Werner as definite and Serge Gnabry as likely. And I actually favor probably Werner up top and, and Gnabry on the right-hand side, which does kind of force Havertz out. But I do agree with you that they might want to find a Yeah, I, I kind of uh, agree with you. Actually, Gnabry has been playing... On the sorry, I'm going to uh, just uh, cough here. Um, I do agree with you that Nabry uh, is actually more of a starter than Havertz for me. Uh, he's been fairly regular on the right side. Uh, maybe I'll put uh, Havertz as a as a as a um, an alternating. Although I don't know how they're going to fit him in. I think over the course of at least three group stage games, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Havertz start at least one of those games. Yeah, that's what I mean. And that's kind of what the yellow means, is that they they, they will be a starter, but perhaps not the regular starter. Uh, would you see any other players, just in finishing here, that you would change from green to yellow? Green being uh, a starter kind of every game, uh, with yellow being a sometimes starter. If any, I see perhaps Leroy Sané and Musiala being a little bit interchangeable. Um, it may come into club form or, or just preference. I think they'll both get starts. I do favor Sané as as I think you do, but I Musiala, he's young, but he's uh, he certainly could could start. 
yeah well i did say 80 percent with sane which uh um is a little less than being a, a nailed on starter uh, i guess we can look at the september games and see if that uh, sheds any more light on yeah. the matter yeah uh, but that brings us to the end of this uh, media cast yeah so keep in mind we will be doing an update as new information comes out and that will probably be in in earlier mid-november when teams will be publishing squad lists right and uh, keep an eye on us at soccerfiles uh, uh, canada that's soccerfiles with a ph in the middle and an s at the end and our website is soccerfiles.captivate.fm and uh, check out the show notes we've been improving those uh, links to the website and previous podcast series and uh, all sorts of stuff in there and uh, thank you for listening thanks for joining connor yeah we'll see you next time